This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Shut up and sit down. Steelers and Browns for the first time this year. We're talking about it right now in the Breakfast with Ben's podcast from a Cleveland point of view. Andy Baskin, you've heard him here on the podcast before with me on 105.9 The X and ESPN Pittsburgh. Andy is from 92 The Fan in Cleveland as well as Spectrum News 1 Ohio. The Browns come in to Akershire Stadium on Monday night after beating the Bengals. The Steelers, of course, with that dud of a performance in the opening week against the San Francisco 49ers. Andy, the Browns haven't won in Pittsburgh in the regular season in 19 tries. Are people in Cleveland pretty confident this time around? Uh, I think so right now. I think uh, the fans are definitely feeling good about the team. Uh, They were impressive in that week one win against Cincinnati. I know people want to talk about the fact that it was misting all game, that the rain was falling a little bit, and that was giving Joe Burrow a little bit of a headache. and the fact that Joe had missed, you know, more than 30 days of, of training camp, that was one of the factors in the game. But it's I, for some reason, this time it just feels a lot different. Even though it's been 20 years since the Browns won a regular season game in Pittsburgh, something feels much, much different here. And, you know, while Deshaun Watson didn't play the greatest game of all time against Cincinnati, the offense uh, definitely looked effective. And I know it's a very expensive way to be a game manager for one game, but If that's what it took against Cincinnati, then all right, Browns fans will take it. I think Steelers fans are really on edge about seeing Nick Chubb in the backfield and knowing what the Browns can do running the football. 
Um, but at the same time, we've also seen really good Cleveland teams come into Pittsburgh. The Steelers go up there, and for whatever reason, Kevin Stefanski forgets to keep running the ball against the Steelers and would default to the pass. That's when Baker was the quarterback. Is he going to be even more tempted to do that with Watson? And if he does, how ready for that is Watson? Well, I, I think that Deshaun still needs the, the confidence plays. And, you know, whether he's hitting David Njoku or, or Harrison Bryant like he did on the touchdown, I think that the ability for him to be able to swing out and hit his tight ends um, will build a little bit more confidence. The big knock on, on Deshaun from game one was that um, Marquise Goodwin was wide open twice, long down the field, and we got a real good chance to see Goodwin's speed, and uh, Deshaun kept underthrowing him, and so he had to try to come back on the ball twice. I mean, there were two passes that were clear-cut touchdowns, and Deshaun underthrew him. Now, whether that was the weather or that was Deshaun's arm, which I just don't believe, but um, th that's one of the things that Deshaun's definitely got to work on this week when he comes in. Now, when it comes to Nick Chubb, I agree with you. It's just funny that you say that because I think we say that on our show all the time. Why don't they use Nick Chubb? He's the best player on the field. Use Nick Chubb. Use Nick Chubb. And I think when you look at the numbers across the board uh, for his carries uh, versus other NFL running backs, they do use him. It's just that Kevin in the past just hasn't used him in the right situations. It's, it's hard to see a team inside the red zone and Nick Chubb sitting on the sidelines on third down. I think... I think Kevin isn't going to play it that way this year, the way he has in the past. So I would expect Nick to see a ton of time. I, we were we had a conversation about Nick yesterday. He's averaging more yards per carry, 5.3, than Jim Brown did, 5.2. He'll never hit Jim Brown's numbers, but, I mean, it, it, it's impressive what Chubb has been able to do. I think part of it might be, Andy, and, and this falls on Stefanski, I believe, is just the nature of always having AFC North games, particularly against the Steelers. They're so frequently close that there's just a coaching tension that comes around in the third and fourth quarter of games where either it's one score game or you don't have the lead, you're playing catch up, and even though it is only one score, you feel like you got to get it all now. And there's a lack of patience that comes with the run game, even though it is effective with the numbers that you point out. I just think he's defaulted to that too often and maybe felt like the game was at a, a wider distance when it comes to the play calling and the feeling that they have to go to the air to catch back up from a field goal deficit or something. I totally agree with you. I, I don't know why. It seems especially against the Steelers. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and Kevin just like, I, 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 I don't know why he's so quick to go away from the run. Now, I, Deshaun's a huge investment, but I, I don't, we haven't seen enough games to, to be in that situation with Deshaun against Pittsburgh. Uh, at least from a Brown standpoint. So I, 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 I don't know. I don't know why Kevin seems to do that sometimes. And, you know, we look and we'll be like, well, why did Deshaun or why did Nick only have 13 carries? Why didn't you use Nick more than that? Because his numbers when he has close to 20 carries are through the roof. I mean, the Browns win if Nick can get close to 20 carries. The question is, is if you're going to give him 20 carries, are you – not using Deshaun Watson the way you should for a guy that they gave up all these first round picks and still makes them the most guaranteed money in the NFL. And, you know, I know Joe Burrow got his contract, but, you know, Deshaun got all the, and by the way, all these quarterbacks should be thanking Deshaun for these big contracts because that's how they've been able to push him. But I, I just, going back to the Nick Chubb thing, you're a hundred percent right. I think that sometimes they hit the panic button in these Steelers games, Brown Steelers games, and I don't get it. I just don't understand it. Just if it works, stick with it. 
if the guy's going to give you halfway to a first down on the first carry, why wouldn't you do that? Who doesn't want to see second and five? And I just don't get that sometimes. Sometimes Kevin, and he gets really, really um, inside the red zone. Sometimes Kevin outsmarts himself. And I think that's, Browns fans notice it. I just don't, I have a different feeling about this year's team. I know our defense looks a lot better. And I, I just, I, I just haven't looked, I hope I'm right. I could be wrong. You know, they could, you know what the bet on, on Monday night, but I think Kevin's approaching things a little different this year. Andy Baskin with us, 92.3 The Fan out in Cleveland as we get set for Brown Steelers Monday Night Football at Akershire Stadium. There is a little push and pull when it comes to the statistics. The Browns and their history of coming into Pittsburgh and not being able to get a win versus, uh, like, for instance, the number that's out there that everybody's worried about in Pittsburgh. Every team that has played the 49ers over the last 15 games has lost their next game because the 49ers expose you and they beat you up so much. The Steelers are beaten up after one week. Shanahan sure as heck exposed them um, on both sides of the ball. Can the Browns take advantage of it this time? Yeah, thank you for making me regret the Browns couldn't hang on to Kyle Shanahan when they had him in the system. I don't know if you remember, (laughs) but when he was here, he presented a PowerPoint presentation on how screwed up the organization was and why they should let him out of his contract. So thank you for the the Shanahan regret. (laughs) Yeah, it was uh, in the analysis afterwards, it's kind of like you go back to all the quotes that the Steelers players and coaches had going in, and it felt like they had a total handle on why San Francisco was so good against everybody else last year and why they should be able to hang with them this year. But everything they expected, the Niners did anyway, and they still won 30-7. to It's a, 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 here's my question for you just, and I know we'll, we'll move forward on the Browns, but what happened to Kenny Pickett week one? Like is, and is the air out of the balloon, uh, in Pittsburgh right now? Cause I got to tell you, obviously, you know, there's a ton of Steelers fans yeah. in Northeast Ohio because of one. I mean, there are four reasons why there are so many Steelers fans in Northeast Ohio. One, the Steelers were there and winning and the Browns were gone. So that created a great opening. In fact, the, the radio station that was the home of the Browns became the, the radio home of the Steelers when the Browns were gone. So that, I think, turned a lot of people in Northeast Ohio. And, you know, they weren't happy with the league. So they said, all right, well, if I still like football, I'm going to go watch the Steelers. Two, three major industries within Northeast Ohio are all Pittsburgh-based. you got Giant Eagle, you got PNC, and then Howard Hanna, the real estate company. So, like, we had this huge influx of people from, you know, uh, from Pennsylvania coming over. And all of a sudden, everywhere you looked, it was Steelers this, Steelers that. Uh, the Giant Eagle thing used to drive me crazy because you'd go to the grocery <laughs> store and you'd be like, oh, my God, I'm like, I mean, I could throw a rock into the city of Cleveland and there's all this Steelers garbage stuff going on inside. <laughs> what, what What's going on with Kenny? Because I got And I have a lot of friends here that are Steelers fans, a lot of them that were Youngstown-based people. Is the air let out on the Kenny Pickett? Uh, he's the next Ben whatever story. Well, I think it's put in reverse. I don't know if the air's let out, but it's put in reverse because it went way too far the other way that, you know, he was going to be everything he was in college this preseason because things looked so good in the preseason. They had five drives with the first team offense and they resulted in five touchdowns. So everybody thought that the baby steps he was taking in the second half of last year would turn into leaps this year. And then it went 180 degrees the other way, and people are like, well, no, there, there still is a lot of room for growth here. Hey, look, he played one of the best teams in football. He played one of the best defenses in football. And he looked like more of a rookie in his second year than maybe he ever did as a rookie last year. And it was eye-opening and alarming. 
I wouldn't say that people completely have given up on him. Uh, I still think people have faith in him. But it was an eye-opener that maybe this offense isn't as far along as we expected. And now what can the Browns do to pick up on what Shanahan just did to make him look bad again? Like, you know, the one thing that concerns me, I don't know how you feel about this, but Tomlin made a huge point about how good the cornerback play was against the Bengals with Higgins and Jamar Chase on the field. And if those corners can do what they did against the Steelers wide receivers who aren't as good as those guys... Like, allegedly, that's supposed to be the weakest point of the Niners' defense, and the Steelers couldn't exploit that. Now I'm worried about those two guys going up against what is likely going to be Allen Robinson as a number 2 wide receiver or Calvin Austin, who's a little guy who's basically in his rookie year because he was out all last year, and then Pickens. Denzel Ward was was out with what we believe was a was concussion protocol. So Denzel was out, and then MJ Emerson has just been playing. He's, he played lights out last year. Um and I, I just think that both those guys are super strong. I, you know what's amazing about the Browns' defensive backfield is they played last week without Juan Thornhill, who they picked up from Kansas City, who I really, really like at the free safety spot. Uh, and Rodney McLeod came in. He was, you know, he was an indie before. And if Thornhill's back this week, I think that's just going to make the Browns' secondary, a uh, defensive secondary, even better. That that they look really good. And it's weird with Ward because, and, and you know this because we both worked in Columbus. There was a time when the Browns wouldn't touch anybody from Ohio State, and I, I I don't know why. It used to drive me crazy. I'd be like, and 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 those guys would end up in Pittsburgh, and I'm like, what do the Steelers know that we don't know about these guys from Ohio State? Because time after time, you'd see guys that were Buckeyes going to Pittsburgh and have success, and then finally, you know, the Browns kind of opened their eyes. I think with Andrew Barry and said, you know what, maybe we should tap into what's going on with the Buckeyes. And actually, it was before that with with Ward, but at least they had picked up Ward. They had Tommy Togiai, who they let go this year. And then when we talk about the Browns' offensive front, they picked up Luke Whipler, who was their uh, center last year at Ohio State. Uh, he's a backup, though, right now. He's a backup guard. And Dewan Jones is going to move into the right tackle spot, and he is actually looked really good uh, from preseason. He'll end up playing that because Jack Conklin's out for the season, which was a super bad blow. Everyone feels horrible. He's a great guy. And we were hoping that he was going to be able to come back from injury again. And that was over about five plays into the game. So that really sucked. But Dewan Jones is a great story. So, again, the Browns now have two-fifths of the Buckeyes' starting offensive line from last year now in Cleveland. And Jones is just a monster, dude. He's like 300-plus. He takes up three spots on the offensive line. I thought he looked big when he played for the Buckeyes. He still looks big. Uh, in the NFL, and what's crazy about it was when he came in for rookie minicamp, dude, he couldn't keep his lunch in. He was so tired and so out of shape. Like, there were people thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe the Browns just wasted a fourth-round pick on Juwan Jones. He's never going to make it. And Bill Callahan is the offensive line coach here and, and really is a miracle worker. I mean, like, I see some of the guys they brought in the offensive line. I'm like, how did they do that? And And they give Bill Callahan credit for everything, and I will too. But Jones played a really, really good game last week coming in and filling in for Jack Conklin. So, um, But if I'm the Steelers, I'm trying to exploit that because he's a rookie on the offensive line. But it's still, it's been amazing to see these Buckeyes come in and have an impact. And It goes back to your original question with um, having Denzel Ward and having Denzel Ward healthy. So he is okay after the concussion? He played the whole game against Cincinnati yeah. and didn't have any reoccurrence or anything like that? Yeah, he did. Now, I, you know, that was his fourth concussion. I think it's been a tough offseason for him. 
Um, but he was ready to play week one. There's no question about it. He was outstanding against the Bengals, especially when you look at their wide receivers. The entire defense looks strong. I mean, we're sitting here talking about the defensive backfield, the, the, the front four, and I'll call them the four, front five because they got Agbo Ogoranko, or I just call him double O because it's too hard for me. Uh, <laughs> th- they look great, and Jim Schwartz has done a fantastic job with this defense. Back to Jones real quick. You said he's on the yeah. right side for Conklin or the left side? Uh, he'll be on the right side. On the right side. So he's got T.J. Yeah. Watt then. Yeah, and that's going to be – I mean, I would think that – I mean, you're talking about being able to exploit a player. I, they're going to have to get him help. I don't I don't know how, what they'll do or how they'll do that. But Well, last I, time I they just let they're... James Hudson go do it himself and look what Watt did to him. <laughs> like that was Exactly, exactly. So, I, But Jones did look good. I just – Man, up against that experience, I, I fear it. I fear it. So, and and by the way, Jed Wills on the left tackle side. There's people wondering why he got a contract extension. So they're a little bit shaky right there in both those spots. But Dewan Jones, I think, probably played better than Jed Wills did. And Jed Wills was a first round draft pick too. So I, there's a lot of question marks about Jed Wills right now and what he's going to be able to do for the rest of the season. Because if there are some weaknesses for the Browns it, it's there and it's weird because everybody thought the offensive line was super strong when you got a guy like Joel Batonio who should be a Hall of Famer he took a guy down like 15 yards and pancaked him down the field last week it's it, it's unbelievable video and you're like holy moly I can't believe you did that well how about the pass protection issue as it relates to Watson then because you know that was the story in Pittsburgh and the season ender was it just looked like Watson had a lot of ring rust as it related to feeling the pass rush and the pass rush was overwhelming he took seven sacks but it could have been 14 based on the pressures then again I don't know how many he ran into himself how's he doing in that regard no you're a thousand percent right and that was my biggest concern in the offseason is that that offensive line was built for Jacoby Brissett and I, I like I kind of don't know why. If they knew they were going to bring Deshaun in after the suspension, why? And the, there was a, a, of the six games that Deshaun played last year, only one game did he look like he was in rhythm or sync, and it was the second half against Washington. So that was I think that was one of the biggest challenges for the team in the offseason is trying to get you know Deshaun Watson married with his offensive line because they just they look so out of it and so like they were, it was like they were playing out of two different playbooks. Because they just weren't there, and then they had to learn. Uh, they, I, I can't remember who one of the guys had said on the. We got to relearn this whole thing because Deshaun has the ability to extend a play like no other quarterback that they had ever played for or with. So then you end up with these illegal man downfield penalties or a lot more yeah. holding calls against the offensive line. So they were able to, I, I think, in week one, uh, you know, for what little that we've seen, uh, that they did look like they were in rhythm. They did look like they were in sync. But I, I got to tell you, if if you're Jones and you see Watt and I don't care which one of the 15 Watt brothers they are I'm a little bit worried going into this game so finally Andy to get Andy Baskin with us from 92-3 in Cleveland is this the year the Browns win the regular season in Pittsburgh and is the of all the teams to end the Steelers Monday night home win streak which goes back to 1991 will it be Cleveland could it be it absolutely could be you know it's not going to be because of the Browns defense though I will tell you that if they lose the game, it's because of the Browns' offense, and it means that Deshaun Watson's throwing a couple of interceptions, that, and and you got pick six coming the other way because the Browns' defense looks super good right now. That again, I go back to that front four. They got Zary Smith. I mean, Miles Garrett looked amazing against Cincinnati. Uh, they brought in Shelby Harris from Cincinnati, and Dalvin Tomlinson is a, another guy from Minnesota along with Zary Smith that they brought in. 
they look really good. But I, I will say that, you know, double O, Agbo Garanko, um, I, I looked at him because there was a big play in the game against Cincinnati where Miles Garrett, you know, sacked Joe Burrow on fourth down. But the reason they were in that position in the first place was because on the previous play, double O made an outstanding play. And that like the defense was just on fire, pumped up. And Jim Schwartz is constantly moving these guys in and out. I mean, it's, it's it, it, it's amazing to watch the difference between what we saw last year and what we're seeing right now with virtually, you know, with the exception, with everybody behind them uh, as returners, even the linebackers who had looked somewhat suspect in Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, um, uh, you know, leading the way in Sione Takitaki, these two guys that they've had for a while, those guys were suspect going into this year. Uh, they look like they're a complete active role. The other part, if we're getting ready to wrap up, wrap up to that, uh, Bubba Ventrone, the pride of Pittsburgh, is really has the defense flying. Yeah, so yeah. he looks good. He's got those guys moving. Andy, thanks a bunch. It's great catching up with you. Uh, all the best to you. We'll do it again soon. We'll have to catch some hockey here in Pittsburgh sometime. I would absolutely, absolutely love to do that. All right, Andy Baskin from 92.3 out in Cleveland. Make sure you listen to him if you're going out to Cleveland for the next game for the Steelers and Browns, game number two this season. You can also check him out on Spectrum News 1 Ohio. This is the Breakfast with Ben's podcast.